right. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Impact Cast. My name is Drew, and joining me today is AI Monster. Yep, I'm here. Richter. Hello. And Ryukin. What is up, my friends? And as usual, we will be starting off today's podcast by going over what we have been playing since, you know, our last podcast. Uh, I will, uh, I'll start us off here. Uh, I've been playing uh, Final Fantasy XIV. I subscribe to that. Um, however, I was going to initially talk about that, but Team Ninja put out an alpha for Neo 2, and I got access to it. So I've been playing that and that's what I'm going to be talking about. So far, the changes that they've made have been great. Uh, there is, you know, a whole bunch of new stuff because it's obviously a sequel. Um, the big thing is there's a character creator now. You don't really get to go into that in the um, in the alpha. You just have uh, presets that you can use, but it's there and it'll be there on launch. So that's pretty cool. There's also, instead of using your uh, guardian spirit as just like a buff, it straight transforms you into a yokai now, which gives you new attacks and stuff, which is pretty sweet. You're able to um, get uh, demon cores from yokai and augment your guardian spirit, giving you uh, kind of like uh, cooldown moves to use with it. And uh, I not sure about what it's going to be in the final game, but in the alpha they only gave us four weapons. A, the regular katana, the spear, the odachi, and then a new weapon which is twin hatchets. So I've been, uh, I've been playing that this weekend and uh, I've gotten two of the missions down. I just unlocked the twilight mission which I feel I am grossly underprepared for. So that might take me a bit before I actually get that finished. So how much do you have access to with this alpha? Um, so as far as I know, so it starts you off with the uh, the training dojo. You go through that, and then it puts you in the first mission, uh, which I don't know if is, that's going to be the first mission in game or not. It just it just gives you a mission. You go through that. Uh, after that, you unlock the uh, the world map like you do in the first game, and there's another mission that you can do. And I just completed that uh, this morning. And so after that, it unlocked the Twilight mission, which Twilight missions in the first game were um, like hard mode stuff that was pretty much unlocked like after you beat the game. But uh, it's got the multiplayer added in. They also added a, a new version of the multiplayer where like um, uh, instead of summoning another player, you can put down an item that leaves like a blue... Um, shrine that you can summon them and they will be played as NPCs not as the actual player but yeah I think uh, I think that's about it what uh, what have you been playing Ryukin? I have been playing Dauntless and the Mario Kart Tour beta nice so Dauntless is basically well I mean it's 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 Monster Hunter Light. That's really all it is. Uh, you, I guess uh, Phoenix Labs, I think it's called, is the studio behind it. They uh, were basically like, hey, let's create a Monster Hunter 
that's for the PC. And then Capcom is like, well, hey, look at this. We're already doing Monster Hunter World, so kind of stole their thunder a little bit. But uh, from what I've seen of Monster Hunter World and from what I've played of Dauntless, it's, it's like Dauntless is kind of easier in a sense because there's less to do. Like there's less complexity, but it's still pretty fun. And if anything, I've learned that I would probably enjoy Monster Hunter from playing it. That's always good. I played the um the uh beta, uh, I think I think they called that season one a long time back and uh uh I think they might have rem- did they remove the uh chain uh the little chain knife weapon thing? Nope, those are still there. Okay. I used that, but I think my uh it was a solid it was a solid game during the beta. I think my only issue was um the combat had like little to no impact. Uh so there was no weight to anything. It just kind of felt really floaty. I'm hoping that they fix that. I uh I was talking with one of my brother's friends that would play during the beta and he said that the combat is a lot better. That's good. But I mean, it's basically go out, hunt a monster, break off parts, use that to build new armor. As for Mario Kart Tour, it is interesting. I am not a very good Mario Kart player. I'm just going to set that up. And I mean, it's basically Nintendo's Mario Kart mobile game. I mean... That pretty much encompasses everything. You race on these tracks from across the Mario Kart franchise. Uh, so far, it's only been doing two laps. I think maybe once you get to the 150cc or the Special Cups, it might be more. But you control everything with just one finger. And, or one hand, I should say. And uh, you just kind of race against computer-controlled player characters. Uh, not not a whole lot to say about it right now, except, you know, it's just something to pass the time. It's free, I think. I'm not sure. Just the way it's set up, it kind of, you know, gives that feeling that it would be free. It's kind of got, like, some gotcha elements to it as well. Is it, like, if you get a specific part, is it um, aesthetic gotcha or actual part gotcha? Well... The gotcha part is you get, there's riders, there's carts, and there's gliders. And every rider, like specific riders on specific courses, will have uh, one, two, or three item slots. So when you hit like an item box, you'll get one, two, or three, depending on like what kind of rider you're using. And if you're using a certain cart, it'll get a speed boost on that course. And if you use a certain glider, then you'll get, like, better item luck. And each glider has, like, a different item tied to it. So if you were going to, like, Yoshi's Island, let's say, as, as like, a just an example. If you were going to, like, Yoshi's Island, and you were to use Yoshi with Yoshi's car and Yoshi's glider, you would have, like, extra speed, extra luck, and extra item slots. As opposed to, like, Bowser, who would probably only have one. Hmm. regular speed and 50cc is pretty easy I mean 
if you don't know what you're doing, you can come in first. But 100 CC, I just I just can't get there because I'm terrible at Mario Kart. And the the emphasis isn't actually on coming in first. The emphasis is scoring points. So hitting people with items, and doing like boosts and drifts and stuff, and grabbing coins. That's that's the main emphasis. But getting in first, you know, like gets you a bunch of points. So it helps. I mean, if anything, it's a good time passer. It's a fun little game. Better than Elder Scrolls Blades? Well, I can actually play this game on my 10-year-old Androids. <laughs> you don't need to buy anything to progress, so yeah, I guess it is better than Elder Scrolls Blades. Are you sure you don't need to buy anything to progress? Well, you do have, like, stamina, but that's it. You can always go you're, buy more. You're not at the end game yet. You don't know if you hit that paywall. <laughs> Mario Kart Tour end game. Oh god. Well, at least you're enjoying it. That's the that's the number one thing. So, Richter, what have you been playing? Uh, I've been mostly playing Final Fantasy fourteen and and playing League of Legends. 14 is pretty much I'm just trying to get ready for Shadowbringers like nothing really exciting but League of Legends they have a new character their latest champion uh, Yumi who is a cat with a book that shoots lasers so like RE2 Electric Boogaloo for, well no she's a support character that ah. she latches onto she latches onto a character and she can fire from that character's position. Wait, is this a cat or a cat girl? A cat, a literal cat with a with a floating book. Ah, I'm disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> and at that moment, AI's heart was crushed. Oh dear. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. So, yeah. All right. Well, so I got a question for you. The cat latches on to someone. Is the, is this character targetable, or do they just like die when the paired person are latched mm. onto? So what happens is when she when Yumi latches on to like let's say for example a carry, Yumi herself cannot be hurt. the The carry can die, but Yumi can get off the character before they die. And even if she even if the carry does die before Yumi gets off, Yumi herself will be fine. Okay. And is is that like a constant passive latching on to someone or is it it's a toggle okay kind of reminds me a bit like uh how chogal played in heroes of the storm kind of almost a uh two two people one character kind of dealio all right ai what have you been playing well i in anticipation for the upcoming grand blue fantasy versus I decided to uh, unrest my fighting game skills since I've played one in like six months. And I played, uh, been playing some uh, Blaze Blue Cross. A new DLC just launched for two uh, last Tuesday. So I've been playing the, the new character Heart. There's uh, three other new characters Teddy, Seth, and uh, the other Nauta. There's a, already a Nato from Persona, so it gets confusing, especially since they have a similar last name, too. 
but uh, I'm really enjoying the, the new characters, and uh, they've made enhancements to like all the uh, characters that were weak um, as well in this pack. And there's just some ridiculous shit you could do now. Yeah, so I mean that's that's that. Um, I love I love my fighting games, and uh, aside from that, uh, Table Tales I've been playing as well. Not too much to say there. Um, I'm nearing the end of the game. Just got to wrap up some achievements. Go for other playthroughs. If you wanna, you want a good VR game? It's that's definitely it. That's good to hear. All right, then I think we will uh, move on to the news topics. These are things that have happened since our previous podcast. And starting off with a pretty pretty big topic here, they, uh, there's a bill that is being proposed in the Senate right now um, that is going to rule on loot boxes and microtransactions, essentially making those illegal. Now, it's understandable. People think, you know, the government going to uh, regulate video games and stuff, bad. But at this point, I am of the personal belief that just do it. <laughs> just do it because they deserve it. I mean, this is going to have some... Per- it, I don't think the bill will actually pass. Or oh, God, no. Chance of this going but it's probably going to scare the shit out of a lot of these pub- publishers, and uh, especially mobile game publishers. Because uh, the bill just states it's very, the wording on it is just very, like, uh, all-encompassing. Like, it's pretty much saying loot boxes are banned. I mean, it says any game, uh, the bill states where the publisher or distributor has constructive knowledge that any users are under age of 18, loot boxes would be straight up illegal, subject to legislation. So that pretty, to me, that basically says any game, any major game being published. I mean, you can even state a, a mature-rated game like GTA. The publisher or distributor would have knowledge that maybe a, somebody under 18 would be playing that. So I, I just think that wording's just... That's it. Uh, can you think of a game where, where that wouldn't be? I mean, most single-player games that aren't made by Ubisoft or Warner Brothers. Well, no, I'm saying games that have loot boxes. Oh, well, uh, yeah. none. So, sucks for them, I guess. <laughs> Maybe they shouldn't have decided to be assholes. And it's not just loot boxes. They're, they're targeting pay-to-win microtransactions. And then there's a, a clause in there where they're actually going to research into, um, into other forms of microtransactions and how they could be addictive and cause... Uh, Prey on children. So this is just a this is just a big deal. I'm sure, even though this almost has no chance of passing, I'm sure like a lot of these publishers are kind of uh, shitting their pants right now, worried about what what are going to do in the future because this is the the Senate actually is taking notice of this now. I mean, EA especially. Who just flew way too close to the sun? Yeah, they've been getting they've been getting way too uh, arrogant with their predatory uh, 
practices. Yeah, practices. And so this is this is probably for the best. But knowing them, even if this does pass, they'll find a new way to dick us. Mm. Although they'll just um, do ahead. the same thing but call it something different. Right. <laughs> Although when it comes to like the whole like when it comes to like, the definition of loot, would you consider if they just ban if they put a ban or control on things that are meant to help a player progress or things that are just meant to be there aesthetically? I think regardless it's still addictive and they in the build they did uh define what a loot box is uh as such an add-on transaction that in a randomized or partially randomized fashion unlocks a feature of the product adds adds to or enhances the entertainment value of a product or allows the user to make one or more additional add-on transactions that the user could not have made without making the first add-on transaction and the content of which is unknown to the user until after the user has been made the first add-on transaction. Mm. And so not, not only are, does it pretty much cover everything, there, they're also targeting pay-to-win microtransactions specifically, not just loot boxes. So, so it, it kind of hits everything there, anything that could be construed as addictive, uh, trying to really manipulate wows into spending lots of money, which is often children's with their parent parents' credit card. They get a hold of their parents' credit card and make 800-plus dollars in charges. Right. I mean, there's some adults that definitely being affected by it, too. I mean, there's adults that spend thousands of dollars a month on these types of it's definitely predatory. I don't, I think this is maybe a bit too, too much, but it's kind of like, uh, kind of like brought, brought, they brought this on themselves. I mean, if this, if this pass, it would hurt pretty much the entire game industry. You would make a lot of these games, uh, illegal outright. I'm curious if that would affect, um, uh, games like Hearthstone and, uh, MTG Arena. It would. They have loot boxes. Yeah. They have to win microtransactions, so it would definitely hurt them. Now, I don't think I don't know if it affects games that already exist. Uh, it's just I, I, there's a lot that that's kind of ambiguous here on how this would be, how this law law would come, wind up being coming in play. Not that I expected to. To. I mean, when I'm. When I was reading this, you know, the only thing that came to mind is that sometimes in Japan, they'll have like pachinko parlors, but like gambling is pretty much illegal. But you get these pachinko parlors, you know, and you just win balls that you can play. And at the pachinko parlor itself, you know, you can't do anything with them. But if you take them across the street, you can sell them, quote unquote, for prizes. Yeah, and that's how you circumvent laws, and I fully expect the game industry to find some way to circumvent the law doing doing something like that. You must go to this other game to uh, cash in your rewards for this uh, transaction that you made in this game. Oh, I seriously hope that does not end up being the case. <laughs> go to our online store where you can redeem your tokens. Oh god. But yeah. Honestly, like AI had said, 
Um, this, this, or has already been said here, it probably won't pass, but this should act as a wake-up call. Though, how much do you want, how much are you willing to bet that it probably won't? Yeah. And then again, yeah, we've been getting plenty of wake-up calls throughout the year, and it doesn't really seem to be helping, helping that much for us. Hmm. So who who knows uh, how much this will actually affect the game industry? I hope it does. Um, I hope the law doesn't pass, but I hope it does. Uh, at least scare. Right. Yeah. Uh, no one no one likes government regulations, but the regulatory body of video games, the ESRB, they don't seem to be doing shit for anyone at the moment. <laughs> hmm. Well, you know, how long have we been complaining about loot boxes and microtransactions? Fucking long time. Damn you, horse armor. <laughs> well, we can only wait. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I mean, it seems to be it have bipartisan support, which is weird because, you know, when do they agree on anything ever? <laughs> <laughs> so that, that might be a good thing, but, you know, uh, lobbying exists. <laughs> and there's no, there's no problem too big that you can't throw enough money at it to fix. And don't forget, uh, who's in office right now, he's not going to let that bill veto. I don't think he would understand it. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's helping business, so that's all he needs to be. I don't know. Maybe someone could convince him that it's, uh, that banning this would somehow affect China. They wait long enough. It actually would would hurt China. It would. Bad. It would. I think. I think that's a, that's the best bet. We just convince them that this is anti-Chinese. Oh God. We just need Sad, a, but true. We just need to make it racist for it to pass. No, oh, more God, please, no. Yeah, your waifus are now illegal. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, speaking of um, businesses. Yeah, well, as uh, some of you may know, um, Epic Game Store, that's a thing, and uh, they just put out their big, uh, their first big sale, you know, on akin to a Steam sale. Uh, this is a bit different, however, um, throughout the entire store, everything is like up to 75% off, with the addition of a flat $10 um reduction on everything that Epic themselves are going to be eating. Which, you know, that that's pretty cool, I guess. I'm curious... Yeah. I'm curious how much money they have where they can be buying all these exclusives and then taking a hit, uh, a $10 hit on literally every game they have. But, uh, things aren't all, you know, uh, rosy. And they aren't going that smooth. Uh, the first thing is, with the sale going on, of course people are going to be buying a whole bunch of games. Well, the Epic Game Store does not have a, uh, a, a cart. A checkout. It, uh, so you can't buy multiple things at once. You can only buy things, you know, one at a time. Well, they are currently... There's currently, uh, I guess, their anti whatever systems paying off a bunch of people because 
uh, people who are buying like five or more games in like quick su succession because you know that's what people do during sales uh, are getting blocked from making any further purchases which is well done. Uh, you got a great store, Epic. This really is making a case for you don't need store features. You just need to be competitive by buying out. Right. And like the thing is, it's supposed to, in essence, it's supposed to be anti-fraud, which on paper makes sense. In practice, especially when it comes to practicality of a sale and what, are you expecting people to not buy things during a sale? Pretty much. In practice, you should have a cart where you can buy multiple products at once. I yeah, See, I feel like I feel like that should have been like the first thing that they developed the for the thing. You know, the ability to buy more than one item at a time. Yeah, I mean it's understandable for credit card fraud. A lot of people do like a fake charge and the credit card to see if it works, like a dollar or whatever. A lot of people still to see if um to see if that'll go through, and then once that goes through, they you know they charge out the big. So that's what it's trying to prevent. I would assume. Um, so a lot of the the stores getting flagging that is maybe a suspicious and whatnot. But if it had a cart that you could just buy all the products at once, this wouldn't be an issue, would it? No, no. Then there's also uh, Borderlands Three. Uh, Masquerade, uh, Bloodlines 2, and a bunch of other games, they've actually pulled themselves from the store um, so that, you know, to, to, so that they didn't have to participate, uh, mm -hmm. which they haven't given a, um, a statement on why this has happened. Um, my guess is that uh, apparent value is an issue here because, you know, they're they're trying to, you know, sell their game at full price to make it, you know, it's like, hey, this is a $60 game. Buy your $60 game. Well, if you add a discount on that, it's like, well, people are going to question, like, well, what's what's kind of going on? If... I, I feel like this is an overreaction by the developers and publishers. I mean, they're still getting the full price of the game. I think that they, considering, like, the it being devalued in the long run, I think that's an incorrect assumption by them. I think most of the people who are going to buy the game are going to buy it um, at, at full price, are going to buy it um, at, when it's uh, available in the Epic Game Store sale. And if not, they'll buy it when it launches. Yeah. So I think it's a major overreaction on their part. I think they should have just left it on the store. But it's also another mistake by Epic to not announce this beforehand and give people the option to uh, opt out. Yeah, I think uh, I think there was a major uh, miscommunication between Epic and their publishers, which you know I, I can give them some slack on because this is their first major sale that they're running, and you know Steam hasn't always been the massive sale guru that they were. They, you know, they fucked up. Yeah, quite a few times. So it's just you know this is the current. Uh, car car crash that's going on, and you can't really turn your head. Hmm. And then the uh, last thing that's going on with this sale is uh, Super Giant Games, the ones that make games like uh, Bastion and Transistor. Their new game Hades, um, which is an Epic Game Store exclusive. Normally, it's twenty bucks uh, on the sale with the sale going on, and uh, the Epic Ten uh, it was like. 
ten dollars well during the like it like right at the beginning of the sale they increased the price to twenty five dollars because uh for the reason that they believe that the value has gone up because of all the additional stuff that they added to it uh well you know it, it's probably not the best time to at be adding a price hike during a sale <laughs> <laughs> So after a huge wave of backlash, they brought it back down to the original $20 price tag with um, the uh, knowledge that it's going to go back up to 25 as soon as the sale ends on the 12th, I believe. Yeah, I mean, I can't blame Epic for this. It's just uh, Supergiant being there. Yep, that is... I don't know. It seemed, it, yeah, that one was a, a very odd one. Yeah, like it's that honestly does seem like a scummy move to do for super, on Super Giants, and yeah, it's great that you think your game is great and all, but um, you that's just horrible timing, really. I mean, everyone can see what you're doing. You're not being coy. Also, how many games do you know of increase their price after adding free content? I know of one, and that is Minecraft. I can't think of any. Yeah. I honestly can't think of any either. I don't know. And that's technically because it came out of beta. I uh, yeah, I guess that's understandable. Early adopter rate and all. Yeah. But yeah, just uh I don't know. It was a pretty scummy thing for Super Giant to do. Alright. Next on our list here is Square Enix has officially closed down Studio Estolia. Um, this was a Baba-run studio where they were going. They were uh, the game they announced was Project Prelude. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure this is not a surprise to anyone really. After Baba left, it's like, oh well, this is clearly not going to go anywhere. <laughs> It's still a bit disappointing though, because the game did for just on first appearances looked like it had a lot of potential. It did look nice, but yeah. Uh, I mean, what are we talking about looks? Because all I see is a fucking like cinematic. It was the, the art the... style that uh, sold me on I, it. I guess. Uh, did we get even any screenshots of the actual game? No. No, but no. there was concept art, and that's all we got. So when I say it had potential, I was just I mainly going on like by the initial art style that was revealed, and maybe like a few of the initial um, concept art pieces. I thought they looked great, but yeah, I mean without an actual without actual gameplay, who can say what it was going to turn out to be? Yeah, uh, Square Enix is weird. They, uh, you know, they've got these weird development cycles that they go through where. You know, they'll announce a game way too soon, only for it to come out way too late, and, you know, every, like, every month some big head of the company jumps ship. Yeah. It's like, they they unintentionally miss the hype train every time. Well, we're, uh, sad to see you go, Studio Stolia, before you could actually complete anything. But uh, I guess you're just another casualty of Square Enix being Square Enix. Hmm. They don't have a very good track record 
aside from their first 30 titles. Right. Is that why Kingdom Hearts took 10 years? No, that's because the R&D team for belts and zippers. <laughs> I spent five years on belt physics and another five on zipper physics. <laughs> well, of course, they are. Though that is the main design feature of that's what brings people into the game, right? All the belts and zippers, nothing else? Or am I completely misreading it? I mean, it's definitely not the story. <laughs> because I don't think anyone <laughs> can follow that. Um, Alright. So, a little while ago, uh, there were rumors going around that uh, George R. R. Martin was consulting with a Japanese company to make a video game. While those rumors have been proven true, uh, George had announced that he was working with uh, FromSoft to create a new game, um, and what we know so far is it is called Great Rune, and it is an open-world action RPG, so pretty much what FromSoft has been doing for the past, like, what, 10 years now? Uh, but this one is going to be a uh, Norse mythology-based. So, we're going from... Uh, any, well, any from software game, open world. There, it's pseudo open world for the most part. Yeah. I mean, yeah, things are linear, but the thing is, you're never told what to do, where to go, some stuff like that. Oh, well, this one, this one, they're going straight up open world. So, I think this one's going to be different. Um, I think it's going to be an actual open world. See, I like my corridors in my uh, 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 Souls-like games. Gates. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure it'll be corridor somewhere. Though the uh, prospects of a uh, uh, Souls-like Norse game sounds awesome, because I would love to just tear into something with an axe. I'm a big fan of Norse mythology, but with George R. R. Martin writing it or helping on it, I'm, my only guess is it's going to be about Ragnarok. That would everyone dying. <laughs> I, don't know. I mean yeah i i'm speaking as someone who has never watched game of thrones so take that take my words with a grain of salt but um i'm not sure how the story would even play out if it would to focus on like the predicted ragnarok well it's pretty odd it's a pretty odd pairing because from soft isn't they they're more of subtlety, and Martin is more of a I'm going to beat you upside the head with exposition. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a consultant. He's not the actual true, writer true. on the game. True, but again, it's still he. It's still like two separate, like two very different ways to write. And if he's going to consult, I assume, I don't. Know. I could just imagine like a Viking is like player or NPC and they're just, you know, instead of the from software typical, oh, I've heard about the church and the, it does the thing of the people that go there. I wonder if the Vikings go around like, hey, go to the church and get the blessing. It's freaking great. <laughs> just uh, exposition out the wazoo. 12 pages, uh, 12 page note that you find explaining one guy bathing. Oh, God. And that guy bathing turns out to be the end boss. <laughs> Everything is important. Right? Very Tolkien way of writing. 
Well, uh, the last thing on our list here is uh, Microsoft and Sony are partnering to improve streaming and cloud-based gaming. Uh, the first thing that came to mind is what? And the second thing that came to mind is, is uh, the Google streaming service going to be that big of a threat? <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't understand this. Uh, it's... Sony is very, very Sony. Um, yeah. I mean, I... They, they hate cooperation, anything that could hurt their competition. And I uh, just, I don't, I didn't, never would have guessed them partnering with Microsoft on anything, no matter how. Yeah. I mean, we've all been sitting here making fun of that, that Google, uh, what is it called? Stadia. Yeah, the Google Stadia. And freaking, there's Microsoft and Sony just sweating buckets like okay we need to do something about this <laughs> oh, I got you forgot about it already like you don't even remember it. it was it was announced what last month a <laughs> couple months ago yeah I think around I the time of the second month, podcast like one, one month uh, one. I don't even think it's been two months yeah it's yeah it's pretty funny you know I don't think I don't think a lot of consumers are taking it seriously, but to see Microsoft and Sony to, uh, you know, work together to defeat a common enemy. Which one? Well, I mean, Stadia, obviously. Because <laughs> apparently they see it as a threat. Watch it be an entire ploy by Google just to unite every con. They're playing the bad guy just so everyone will team up. Oh, the, uh, the epic way. The Tim, the twi- Tim Sweeney school of. Oh God. Yeah. So I mean, it's you know, like it, it's just one of those things where you go, "What is happening?" Hmm. So I think we'll move on to new releases. Um, coming out May twenty seventh is Witch Sun. This is an indie open world RPG. Um, when I was looking at it, kind of, kind of a little bit of Elder Scrolly going on in there. Uh, it's fantasy. Uh, pretty much like every 400 years, a big cataclysm happens, and it has been 399 years since the last cataclysm happened. So things are on edge, and game ensues. This sounds like a plot to an anime, right? <laughs> so. You have to gear up before Sin comes back. <laughs> and you get the summoner to the... I never played 10, so I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. It comes out tomorrow, so we'll know soon enough how well it plays out. Alright, so next on the 28th, here are a couple games that will be coming out then. Uh, first one is Blood and Truth. This is a PSVR game where you, it's a first-person action experience. Essentially, think uh, any action movie ever, and you are the protagonist in that. So this is from the people who made London Heist, which was part of uh, PlayStation VR Worlds. Uh, mostly well-received, one of the only good parts of PlayStation VR Worlds. Um, but they're, they've really been hyping like how much production value this game uh, like first real triple A VR PSVR only game. We'll have to wait and see. I, I just hope it's not like a four hour disappointment. Maybe maybe I'll pick it. Maybe. I'm gonna see see what the reviews say first. 
Yeah. I assume. Yeah. I assume. I'm, I'm, I'm really not one for VR games, so I don't even have a PSVR, so I'll have to pass. Uh, we're talking about that action game, right? Blood and Truth, yeah. Yeah, I had to step away for a bit. But uh, what I saw from the trailer, it looks like kind of you won't have to do the movements like you'll be on a rail and your character will do the movements itself and you just kind of you know work with the hands do the shooting i don't yeah i don't know if that's the case or not it just looked like that to me well that's also coming out soon, uh, so we'll find out soon well, enough what london heist with london heist did was uh on rail so you weren't able to move around. Now there are a lot of VR games you can move around with. But people get motion sickness with that, so they worry about it, even though they really shouldn't. Alright. Well, on to the next game, Unruly Heroes. This is a side-scrolling beat-em-up. Uh, it looks a lot like Rayman Legends. Like, a lot like it. Um, but this, uh, from what I've seen, uh -huh. it seems like Gods are angry. Bad heroes do good things. You're saying Rayman Legends. I was thinking Dust and Elysian Tale. It's more personally. Ah. Like, I see Dust, like, from the art style. Though I can see a bit of, like, Rayman just, like, from the basic silliness that, yeah, the trailer doesn't really show it, but it... I have seen this in action, actually, like, uh, one of uh, a YouTube channel I follow actually played it, and there is a degree of what the hell am I doing? <laughs> I think this game looks like a lot of fun. Um, I might pick this. Yeah, I I mean, uh, depending on the price, I might pick it up on Switch. It seems like a perfect Switch game. If well, Journey to the West happened in the Rayman world. <laughs> yeah, I was actually going to say, is this Journey to the West? It. It's loosely based on Journey to the West, yes. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, one of the characters did kind of look like Sun Wukong. Yeah. Alright, well... Yeah, we'll see We'll see how that turns out. Uh, next game on our list is Vambrace Cold Soul. This is a uh, roguelike fantasy adventure game. Um, I kind of get a bit of Darkest Dungeon feel from it, um, but more narrative. Mm. That's definitely the impression I got. Yeah. It looks interesting. Uh, I kind of wish the entire game was that side-scrolly part because I'm not a fan of the uh, that overworld kind of... I, I don't know. I, I The sprites don't look that good in the overworld yeah. section. I, I agree. You know it looks kind of like an RP major. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say that. There you go. So... I hope that's not too much of that game because that seems like I, that out of the trailer that I saw of it, that's the biggest disappointment from it. But everything else looked pretty good. Yeah. Very important because I've been disappointed earlier. There is a cat girl in that game I saw. Oh, oh thank God. <laughs> so glad. Game saved. It's, uh, it's 10 out of 10 now. <laughs> AI monster approved. Oh boy, and the next game. So, you all thought this series was dead, right? Well, it's not. It's never dead. 
it never die. Heroes never die. Um, what we have here. No, I'm joking. He's a hero. I'm joking. Um, what we have here is Five Nights at Freddy's VR. Yes. So when you absolutely have to pee your pants. <laughs> it's basically what you see. What you see on the tin is exactly what you get. You get to run through. From what I understand, not the full games, but sp- like stages of Five Nights 1, 2, and 1, 2, 3, and 4, I think. Or it could be all of them, but instead of you sitting on your on a chair on your computer screen, they're right in your face, and you have to deal with VR motions. You know, which... I, I'm not going to lie, it's a good idea. It is a good idea, and I'm curious as why it took him so long to make this when VR's been out for quite a while now. I Robbie, I honestly because there's not market for it. <laughs> I don't know if the kids the kids that play Five Nights at Freddy's because it's mostly kids who play it. True. Um, I don't know if there's a they they'll have a PSVR set PSVR headset or PC VR headset. I don't know if there's going to be a big market for this for Five Nights, but we'll see. I mean, he's he's made magic, right? Yeah. I yeah. And, How do you milk that for so long? <laughs> Here's the thing. You turn to YouTubers like Markiplier, Jacksepticeye, and even the game theorists. Give this to them, they'll go nuts with it. They'll sell the game for you. Pretty much. Pretty much. VR I mean, for, VR sales are going to go through the roof now. I mean, for God's sake, uh, the game theorists actually released, I think it was one or two videos trying to break down the images of the trailer site. If that's not advertising, I don't know what is. I mean, you know, one I can understand, but two is too much. Yeah, <laughs> it's just them being loyal to the uh, brand that made them big, really. Yeah, and I mean, the story behind this game is is pretty hilarious. Uh, Jim Sterling was doing a review of one of our Jim Pression or whatever you call it of one of the, um, you know, the old the old green light process and everything and one of the one of his games came up the creator i can't remember his name it's i think it began, his first scott name scott. yeah scott called in or whatever it is um so the comment jim jim sterling had on one of the jim's the jim Pressions video is that the characters in the game looked like creepy animatronics so that's where the idea came from for this I mean, it's 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 just a, it's like a hilarious like you, you gotta feel you gotta feel for the guy. I mean, he he took that criticism to heart and he, he made a lot of money off of it. And he's done a lot of uh, a lot of good things, like in terms of like he he didn't feel like the game was up to par. One of the games were up to par, so he offered everybody it for free and refunded everybody's money and things like that. So I mean. It, the guy deserves a success. True. Yeah. It just it's just from an outsider perspective, it seems like you know, they essentially the same game's just been re released multiple times. Well with like a touch up here, different art style here, that sort of thing. But nah, and when we'll see how it goes. Right. Pretty soon too. That's Tuesday. Um, so the next game on our list is in June fourth. Well, the next couple of games, really. Uh, we are talking about Warhammer Chaos Bane. This is an action RPG Diablo-like game set in the Warhammer Fantasy uh, setting. Uh, there are four characters. 
Uh, obviously, the most important one is the Dwarf Slayer, because Dwarf Slayers are the best. But you also have an Elf. Um, you've got your Soldier, obviously. And, uh... Oh, you've got two Elves, sorry. You have a Wood Elf and a High Elf. Anyways, uh, this one is... It looks it looks pretty good. Uh, they are doing a pretty big focus on co-op with this one, um, but you can play it solo. Uh, I'm personally excited. I'm probably not going to pick it up right away just because I've got a lot of like games that I need to go through. But I'll definitely be picking this up on a sale and uh, playing as Mador Slayer. I mean, it looks fun, but like I was never really into the Warhammer Mythos, so. I can't really comment much. Honestly, I'm surprised Did, that... you have a heretic here? <laughs> like, I know of it. I was never really invested in it. Listen, I... I yeah, I, I don't care too much about fantasy. I'm not that invested in uh, fantasy. But I'm honestly surprised that 40k got an uh, ARPG before fantasy did. Um, because uh, earlier this year, they released uh, Inquisitor Martyr. Which, uh, you know, again, completely surprised that the fantasy version didn't get an ARPG because, you know, fantasy is generally a better um, uh, genre for the ARPGs. Mm. But anyways, I imagine it's going to be good. I've, a lot of the uh, Warhammer uh, content creators I've watched, I've played it, and they've been saying it's pretty good, so. Alright, well, again, we'll see when it launches. Right. Alright, the next game on our list is The Outer Wilds. This is a kind of, I guess, how do I, how do I put this? It, this is a action-adventure survival-esque game. Um, essentially, the planet that you're on, the sun goes supernova, and you are sent back 20 minutes before it goes supernova. And so, you essentially keep going... Uh, you keep replaying these 20 minutes over and over again um, every time ending in a massive supernova with your job to figuring out how to not die in this situation. Mm. So every time you go through there's you know you learn a little bit more so you're you can do things a little bit faster um, certain things uh, certain things you do will come back with you um, when you do it but so, so it's minute meets no man's sky. Pretty much, yeah. I was gonna say that I was getting at some no man's sky vibes out of this, so that's why I was like, I was kind of uh, iffy, but I don't know. It does look fascinating. Yeah, it's an interesting concept. I, I like the I, I, I mean, I find humor in the twenty minutes till supernova, death and repeats kind of dealio that's going on. Because death by supernova is metal as fuck. <laughs> and through all those deaths, you still can't figure out how to increase your time. <laughs> Alright, well on to the last game releasing here. We have Trover Saves the Universe. This is an uh, kind of action-adventure game made by Squanch, uh, Squanch Games. Which is led by Justin Roiland, the creator, uh, the co-creator of Rick and Morty. So, uh, if you've seen Rick and Morty, uh, that's the humor that you will be seeing in this. But uh, apparently, 
you are a purple alien thing with two faces for eyeballs, and your dog got stolen, and you want him back. And on, along the way, you save the universe. That sounds about right. <laughs> I mean, I might pick this up too, but it's the, their first, the first one they released, the Rick and Morty Saves the Universe. The, that was also a VR game. Yeah. It was. It's apparently really short, so like maybe two hours long at most. So I wonder if this will be the same. So I'm gonna wait and see on this one. Too. Yeah, I mean, th- this is gonna be a game that it, it the purchase is gonna depend on price and uh, length. That and it's also I'm a confused VR game. at what I'm looking at. Yeah. That sounds about right. Like, okay, I can. De- I definitely see. Like, if you hadn't told me that the creators of Rick and Morty had made this, I would have probably guessed that. But I don't understand what's going on. I mean, he uses the Rick and Morty voices for this. So if you watch the trailer, <laughs> you would have been. Yeah, you I would include it, it right away. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh well, that character is clearly Rick, and that character is clearly Morty. I mean, I can play the drawer sound if we want. Nah, I think I think people can understand. So, but yeah, so that comes out, and uh, I think, I guess this is the first. Well, what other games do they made? They made Rick and Morty Save the Universe, right? And that's yeah. They, they made like, um accounting accounting. Oh, okay. It was like a small game. I guess you could call it a game. Well, hopefully, this is a big step for them in the right direction of making actual games. Well, I think uh, I think we'll move on to announcements now. Uh, starting with Blood Bowl three is announced. Uh, this is Blood Bowl is a um, tabletop uh, game made by Games Workshop. The video game versions are uh, kind of turn based. Think um, if you if you combined Warhammer Fantasy with American Football. This is what you get. It's uh, it's it's gory, and uh, you know the other two games they're decent. So this is a, I I'm sure that the people who like those games will like this one too. There isn't, there isn't too much details on you know what's going to be added to it. Uh, they just announced it. All right. Games are very niche. Very niche, but. That's most Games Workshop uh, games. Mm. I believe it was based. <clears throat> excuse me. I believe it was based on a board game. Yes. Yeah. There's a the uh, Blood Bowl tabletop game. Well, I I think I played a little bit of the tabletop, but I don't really remember it. I haven't. I can't say mm. too much of that. Though I have like seen I have seen Blood Bowl like in action like from on steam and whatnot but uh n- it never really interested me so all right well on to the next announcement star ocean first departure r and i'm assuming the r stands for remake because this is a high definition remake of the first star ocean game yep i mean yeah that's i, I like the first two star ocean games their second one is my favorite 
Um, really sad that we didn't get the PS4 port of the second one. Um, but if this does good enough, hopefully they'll do a high-definition remake of number two. We can only dream. All right. This one was confirmed for West, uh, Western release, so... That is good. Because... I, I, as much as the Star Ocean games have been crap of late, I still enjoy them. Even six? Oh. <laughs> integrity and faithfulness did not have integrity nor faithfulness in it. Honestly speaking, mm-hmm. the last good one was uh, Till the End of Time. I will always remember Star Ocean 6 because it ruined my draft that year. <laughs> so, speaking of... Um, well, speaking of games that are actually pretty hyped, well, that have been pretty hyped, uh, we have Fire Emblem. New half Fire Emblem Three Houses. We've actually gotten more information on it. Yeah, so it looks like there's a lot of changes that are going on in this one. Um, so, we'll start off with new skills and stuff so skills are now going to be separated into three different sections uh personal skills that each character get on that are unique to themselves class skills which are obvious to the class and professor skills that are learned on your character's professor level because in this game he is a teacher why did, why does fire emblem get more anime with <laughs> each release i mean now we're doing high school Fire Emblem. Listen, I'm just glad that they got rid of the crappy mating system that they had in the 3DS games. <laughs> I, I think for that, we should be thankful. Yeah. Um, you don't want to hook up your OTPs? No. But, but you can't pet the characters? I mean, it'll get censored by Nintendo. Eh, well... Actually, Nintendo's been pretty lax when it comes to censorship. Right? I mean, they, not with their first, not with their first party titles. <laughs> well, Bayonetta is a first party now, isn't it? No, sir. No. Well, anyways, um, the uh, another addition is that instead of uh, previous Fire Emblems have always been just like general on general combat or commander on commander combat, and this one they finally added armies to back. Um, these in the form of battalions. Um, the battalions give different bonuses depending on what kind they are. Uh, I mean, just it sounds great. Like it adds another layer of strategy. Mm-hmm. Just to you know, fit fit each uh, each commander with its own battalion. I mean, this is going to be a game to make me buy a switch, right? <laughs> Wait, so Smash wasn't enough for you to buy a Switch? No. I don't think Smash Bros. is... Ah, well, it might have. They're also adding a new weapon type, Gauntlets, so you can now punch people and fire emblem. And really, (laughs) that's all we wanted. Right. Um, There's also... You can hire... Kind of... This has been in other ones, but you can hire soldiers and knights. Um, They're just kind of faceless guys that help you on the battlefield. That's not necessarily new but cannon fodder effectively yeah uh they another layer of strategy that they're adding is gambits um these are uh skills that the battalions have that you can use um to drastically change um the outcome of a fight that's going on 
like uh, for example there, we have one called simultaneous spear attack um, the battalion attacks the target enemy uh, and an enemy one tile to the left and right of it and uh, it inflects, inflicts a status ailment called distress which reduces all abilities by 10% and prevents movement so that is a pretty big, uh, pretty big additional layer that they're adding. And furthermore, we have like a few in the introduction. We also got some classes brought up, um, though some we're already well aware of: the mercenary, you know, your foot soldier, the cavalier, your mounted units, brigand, the uh, the axe wielders, your new one, the fist fighter, who's going to be using the uh, 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 gauntlets. And then we have our casters, you know, the elemental mage, the dark mage, and so far, if there are any new classes, will probably be revealed later on. But this is what we have for the time being. Yeah, and those are all the base classes. So we also have um, the game is built on a calendar system. Uh, there are it's uh, kind of like a, our real calendar. It's a twelve month season. Hope you like Persona. Yeah. I just, no, don't do that. It it's legitimately like you have to plan your lesson plan, so to speak. <laughs> you are a teacher, and with that, you can oh, you you can uh, gain professor levels yourself. You can use like uh, you can do one on one tutoring with them. You can uh, help bond between the two characters so that they can learn um, dual skills and stuff. It's just that it wasn't mating. It's not mating. There's, there's... This is tutorship between a teacher and students. Yes. Good sir. <laughs> there is nothing lewd here going on. So yeah, a, a big a big part of this. It, it definitely feels like this is um, like a, a, a more visual novel-esque uh, Fire Emblem game. So there... I mean it wasn't already? <laughs> Good point. But yeah, it's, uh, you know, I think it's going to be pretty cool. It's a pretty cool idea. You know, at the start of the game, you choose one of three houses, and then you go on through that. So there's definitely a lot of re replayability just right off the bat. And already it's much better than Fates, where you had to buy, like, the to get the thing. You had to drop, like, 80 bucks to get the second game that you didn't have, and then the revelations that came much later. Mm. So right off the bat, you get all three. And I assume that they have different stories and stuff. Right. But, um, so far, that's, like, just, like, the tip of the iceberg. I'm pretty sure, though, they will reveal more coming e with the incoming E3. So, yeah, that's just stuff to look forward to. Right. I'm super excited for this game. And hopefully it does well, because I have that on the draft. Oh no, I don't. No, I don't. I have Pokemon. Who has? Oh, I stole it. Who has it on the draft? I do. Ah, that's right. You stole it from me. Didn't you also steal a uh, 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 that mech game? Yeah. They, oh, they yeah. All right. Uh, well, the next thing is Gus has announced another Atelier game. The third one this year. Yay! I don't know how they're. I don't know how they keep making all these but uh yeah they need to stop too because <laughs> it's getting games, repetitive the games need higher quality right the uh the concept around 
this one is going to be uh, a coming-of-age story of boys and girls. So think summer memories. So we've moved past the whole going to school thing to learn alchemy now. <laughs> now we're in summer vacation. Summer vacation alchemy. Oh, dear. Well, I mean, I've only played one of these games, and I got pretty sick of it pretty fast like it wasn't my type of game but it's like okay like i see what you're going for but i'm bored now i'm putting this away i played totori and uh sophie and i like totori much totori or whatever it is much um than sophie sophie just like i felt like nothing happened the entire game i have never Mm -hmm. played and I tell you your games. You're not missing much. Yeah. I mean, they're nah, they're interesting. I'd say at least play one an idea. Play one for an hour and just be like, no, nah, not for me. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, I honestly don't blame you. But a game that actually does look rather interesting is Oninaki. This is... Which is... This is Square a... Enix's, um, it looks like to be just your standard hack and slash, but the fact is you are, you know, normal anime protagonist guy, because of course, but your main weapons seem to come from these demons that you control, you possess, you, they lend you their weapons, which seems to be an interesting concept. I just hope this doesn't get repetitive fast, because it does look interesting. See, to me, it doesn't look that interesting. I, I like the art style outside of how it looks in game, um, like the actual game, but like the the other elements of the game. I like uh, how the characters look and things like that. It's Tokyo RPG Factory, so I'm immediately raising a red flag there. None of their games have been good, and they've all been full price games, even though they don't need to be full price games. And yeah, it just it looks really slow combat wise for 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 this type of game. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know. The their previous games haven't really excited me very much. Not too excited about this one either. They just look a little like really floaty. I don't know. I could improve, but my just main concern is that like. It just seems like it can get repetitive after a while. I'm really hoping that doesn't become the case. I mean, to me, I think, you know, you find, like, your demon or your weapon or whatever you want to call it. You like, like, the attacks and the combos, and then you just stick. Mm. That would basically be my main concern, is it wouldn't be fun because you would just find something that works for you, and then you never use any of the other demons. Hmm. Well, we'll see. Alright. Well, our next announcement is You Know is getting a Western release. It's a uh, visual novel game. I think, didn't didn't the original version come out in Sega Saturn? Uh, yeah, it did. Yeah, so it's pretty old. I mean, it came out on PC before Sega Saturn. Oh, did it? Okay. 
and it was actually, I believe, an adult visual novel. So it has what, which, which for a lot of that period of time, pretty much every visual novel that was released from Japan was adult visual. Novel. Yeah, I was gonna say, is there a difference between visual novel and adult visual novel? I, I'm talking Aroge. Yeah. Like Fate it has Aroge in it, the original. I mean, pretty much anything from that time period on PC, visual novel from Japan. It means there's going to be boobies and sex. Yeah, but it's uh, Sony's going to be the one um, publishing it. Well, it's going to be released on. Well, it's going to be Sony right, platforms. It's being released on Switch. Um, what else? Switch, PS4. And PC. I'm wondering if the PC release will be uncensored. If not, we know the, we know the PS4 release. I don't even know how they're going to do a PS4 release because with Sony right now, it's just insane trying to get anything of any sexual content on the platform, and especially if it's anime. <laughs> and uh, just Nintendo should be fine as long as it's not uh, straight up you know, adults only. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what the PC version will have, what the PS4 version will have, and what the Switch version will have, and the differences. I don't think the Switch version will be censored. Been... Well, that's what I'm saying. It, it might be censored, though, because it's an adult visual novel. So I'm wondering if the PC version will have the adult content. Eh. I myself am honestly not concerned, because I will not buy it. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's pretty pretty much like Science Gate, from what I hear, bot wise. Well, it I have... a lot of time travel and things like that. I don't know. More fantasy than Science Gate. I'm not a it... big fan on visual novels, even though I read manga like nonstop. I just can't really. I don't know. I feel like I equate them too much to video games, and so when I try it, I always be like. Why am I not playing a video game right now? I mean, it did it did well critically when it released um, years ago. Yeah. So if you're into visual novels, um, it's definitely check that one. We've also got another visual novel on our announcements. Uh, we have Necro Barista. This is a 3D visual novel um, made by the Australian studio Route 59. Uh, this is uh, in it. This is a, a coffee shop that serves both living and dead. So patrons of said establishment are generally gangsters, hipsters, and necromasters. A lot of stirs. Hmm. They did a really good job on the art style in this game. Yeah, it looks neat. But again, it's a visual novel, so... But um, this actually looks interesting. I might this might actually be the one visual visual novel style s game that I might pick up actually. Although apparently the soundtrack, oh, Kevin Penkin made the soundtrack. For those of you who don't know, he's also he's the guy who uh, made the soundtrack behind Maiden Abyss. So that that's a selling point for me already. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if this game scores really high critically. Mm. 
It was like one of those indie darlings that just kind of pop up out of nowhere. Hmm. Well, I uh, I think that's all we've got here going on. So before we wrap up here, I would just like to uh, make a couple announcements here. Uh, AI has released the mid-year community survey, and I would just like to remind everybody to please take about five ten minutes of your time to fill that up. And also, would just like to remind everybody that we have a community meeting on June 21st at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. And uh, we'd very much appreciate it if you all came by. But I think with that said, I think, uh, I think we're going to call it here, folks. Uh, say goodbye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Take Bye, care. everyone. <laughs> all right. Well... Uh, also, if you are interested in uh, joining us here, um, you can find us on gilded.gg slash impactgamingcommunity, and you can always find us on twitch.tv slash impactgamingcommunitypc, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye!